Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 112 of the Familypreneur podcast. It's time to start making plans for the summer. School will be out before you know it, and if your child is in the tween age years, that's those awkward years before they're officially a teenager, but they're old enough for some increased responsibility, you may have started thinking about when they'll be able to have a little home alone time. So when I lived in New York, we had a local class that was available that prepared our kids for home alone situations. And since this class did not exist when we moved to Arizona, I created my own digital version so that all parents can benefit from the convenience of a home alone class. The class was designed with kids ages 7 to 14 in mind, so even if your child is not quite ready for the responsibility, this is a course that will equip them with the skills to handle emergencies in unexpected situations. And then when the time is right, they'll be ready to be home alone. If you're ready to take the next step towards independence with your child, head over to homealoneclass.com. Today's guest is a mom of three boys, a surfer, and the wife of a sports lifestyle entrepreneur. She's a business development consultant for adventurous female entrepreneurs who are determined to defy the status quo, control their life, and build a socially conscious company while raising awesome kids. And she's been featured by Today, MSNBC, Patagonia, 5280 Magazine, and other media for her role in Maverick Life First Business Design. Let's welcome the host of the iTunes top-rated Sweet Life Entrepreneur Podcast, April Beach. Hey, April. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. I feel like we talked a little bit before this interview and there were tons of interesting things that came up that I can't wait to dive into. <laughs> I know. It's like one of those things where we maybe should have hit record a long time ago. That's all right. <laughs> Sometimes I find it's better the second time around. You know what I mean? Cool. Yeah. Let's let's dig in. Let's do it. So let's start. Um, tell us about your dad and your life growing up and how that was very likely different from anybody else listening to this podcast. Sure. Um, I actually grew up as a daughter of lifestyle entrepreneurs. So like before that was a thing, before it was really cool to get into entrepreneurship, um, my parents were lifestyle entrepreneurs. So even at a very young age, 
we would develop companies based around what we wanted to do. So I grew up in an action and adventure sports family. So that means um, we did a lot of surfing. My dad was a surfer. We played beach volleyball, but then we also skied like snowboarding wasn't out yet. Uh, You know, we also skied and did a lot of outdoor adventure and activity. And so every single company that my parents created was solely for the purpose of enabling experiences and a lifestyle. So like when we wanted to road trip a lot, my stepdad um, designed and developed oak beach chairs. And we traveled up and down California just in every weekend at arts and craft shows. And my sister and I would, you know, run around barefoot and meet like the coolest other lifestyle entrepreneurs that are selling their craft. And when my stepdad wanted to play beach volleyball more, he opened the first beach volleyball retail store and that was in Santa Barbara. And then when we wanted to travel and surf more, we opened up surf shops. So by the time I was eight or nine, we had a house in Hawaii and we had a house in California and we kind of bounced back and forth between both homes simply for the purpose of of being able to surf great waves. I mean, it wasn't really about making money. We always, and there were some times that were, you know, really scary. I, you know, I remember heading back sometimes from arts and craft shows and hearing my parents talk, like, do we have enough money for gas to, to make it back? We didn't, we didn't sell enough beach chairs. Um, but, you know, it, we always had enough to do what we wanted and to have location and time freedom. And so I learned really um, early on what was important. I still remember my sister and I would be the ones, like if it was a great beach day or the waves were up, my mom would uh, pick us up in the Jeep from school. She pulls out of school. She's like, surf's up. We got to go. You know, (laughs) I remember feeling like I totally knew that I had it made. Um, I I remember feeling like I'm so glad that that my parents do this and and I'm going to make sure I build that same kind of life when I have kids. So was there ever any pull to go a traditional route, college, corporate job. Have you ever had like an actual job? (laughs) Great question. No. uh, I think maybe once I came close to it, no. As a matter of fact, I have, um, I am completely uh, ill-equipped to work in any corporation. I, I have corporate programs, actually, interestingly enough, that I sell. I own two companies now, uh, one that I sell to corporations. And that's been a huge learning curve for me because like, I don't get it. I can't think of anything worse. And I've always been like this. You know, I really can't think of anything worse than going to a job when somebody else tells me I have to be there to produce my creative work or to even not have a creative ability and have to do that for somebody else's benefit. I mean, no tea in China could pay me to ever do that. No, I have, I have never done that. At one point in time, from when I was about 18 until I was 20, I waited tables and bartended. Um, but even I didn't even like that. That was too much of a structure. So I immediately put myself into a position that I pitched the company saying that I need to develop your, your corporate development training manual. And then they started sending me around the country to open up their new restaurants by the time I was like 18, because I, I didn't want to fit into that that box of, of just being a waitress. I kind of I've always trying to create my own thing. So no. Yeah, so yeah, the, the short answer is absolutely no way. And you've actually, you've got a story about um, when you were 13 of going yeah. out on your own. What, what was the story there? 
Yeah. So um, is creative and fabulous is my mother is. She and I are very close today. She actually decided that she was no longer in love with my stepdad and she left when I was 13. And my poor stepdad was picking it. He was totally blindsided. Um, she was, he was picking up like the pieces of his heart all over the beaches of California and Hawaii. And uh, my sister and I were given an option to either move to, to where she was moving to, which was Florida at the time, um, or move out on our own. And so actually I moved on my own when I was 13 and was in this process, this middle phase between I was when I was 13 and when I was 18, where I was doing creative things. I was doing creative work. I actually knew I didn't even fit into the box of high school, but I, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to graduate and, and without a GED. I wanted my diploma, you know, so I, I busted my butt and I, and I worked really um, extra hours and I graduated high school early. And as soon as I did, I was, uh, had put myself in a position where I could take off. I actually took off to Costa Rica to go surfing with friends for about four months and then um, did the same thing a year later in Barbados. And so, you know, the good thing about kind of finding yourself in a difficult position when you're 13 is like, I had seen that lifestyle. I, I knew I had been in business building at the age of eight, nine, 10. I had worked in, worked in the surf shops. I, you know, I had done these things. And of course I still had connections to those businesses even after my mom left. And so I, I had business experience as crazy as that sounds at the age of 13. So I was really determined to make sure that first of all, nobody ever would have that control over me. Like in that case, my mom did to take away that lifestyle from me, which is what happened. And yeah, of course there was years of resentment. Like I said, we're, we're really good friends now. And I think now that I'm a grown woman, I understand a lot more of, of why she left, you know, but the reality is, is that I was given a really amazing opportunity to see what it's like to build business at a very young age and actually be part of that. So from 13 on, I knew that's exactly what I was going to do. I had a, a tons of experience and doing it. And I had just created my own path, you know, miscellaneous jobs kind of here and there. And, you know, by the time I was 21, I had an offer for my first kind of big girl business consulting job. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was hired by a national uh, chiropractic corporation to develop an integrated business model for them. And I had no experience. Like I didn't go for my MBA. I did right. end up going. To, I it did end up going to college for meteorology. Surprisingly enough, because I wanted to predict where the waves were, so I knew, <laughs> where, so I knew where I could surf, uh, and 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 be the first one there. But you know that even wasn't that was too much in a box for me. Once I learned that I was going to have to sit in a lab and and read scientific instruments, and I couldn't be out there surfing, that quickly went went down the drain as well. But I'm sure you've used some of that, right, to help plan your your trips. I think, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I mean, I think I've used, I've done just a lot of things, and I think I've used the experience of asking questions and being okay asking questions when I have no idea what I'm talking about and not being embarrassed to ask questions not pretending like I, you know, I know something that I don't know that I think is the biggest lesson that I, that I learned during that time, being okay with not knowing all the answers Mm -hmm. and asking questions to find them. So tell me a little bit about how your entrepreneurship has morphed and changed. Is surfing still a core for you? Is that still one of your core interests? 
Gosh, yes. So I am what I say, soul tied to the ocean. Currently, we are living in Boulder, Colorado. So I'm pretty landlocked. I've actually been here for a good deal of time, but I'm back in California twice a month. And I'm always in the water as much as I can be in the water here in Colorado, it's stand up paddle boarding. And so I get out on the lakes as much as possible here. And, and I certainly have been able to recreate that sort of extreme adventure lifestyle here in Colorado. And my husband and I have done a good job of doing that with our kids. And so we're real happy right now. And our kids are older and it's not an okay time for me to, you know, uproot them and, and move to California. That just simply wouldn't be fair to them. I know I will be back at the water. Certainly when my youngest graduates high school, I'll, I'll be back there as soon as I can. So today I actually, I actually own two companies. So what I do which is kind of a a long prelude into telling you what I do. Uh, I am a business development expert for women that want to develop a business model for time, location, and that family adventure freedom. So for the last 21 years now, I've developed business models. And I would say for the last 16 years, my oldest is 16. I've been specializing in developing business models, primarily online business models, for women that want that same sort of lifestyle freedom that I have. And, you know, in that journey, interestingly enough, in 2006, I created the parent coaching industry. So I'm the founder of the maternity concierge and the parent coaching industry. So the first company I launched, gosh, was I had three babies under the age of four at home. My husband worked in corporate at the time. He's an entrepreneur now. And, you know, I was doing it solo after the kids went to bed in between breastfeeding. It was really, really hard. But I, that company is called Baby Planner Inc. It is thriving today. It's kind of on autopilot now. And that company particularly works with hospitals and corporations to develop maternity concierge programs. And then we teach entrepreneurs. So we teach doulas and midwives and baby planners, um, you know, how to develop parent coaching businesses and give them all the tools to do that. So you know, that was my first kind of, this is my own company launch rather than business development and strategy consulting for somebody else. And we've had over 4,000 different companies come through that to, to take our programs and, and make them their own and launch their business. And that's such a fun project. You know, I get to, I get to work with television producers when, when they and consult them, you know, when they're adding baby planning or maternity concierge into a storyline. And it's a super fun mm-hmm. project. But in uh, 2011, I took a break from that. My kids were older. They're getting older. So I think if I saw another stroller, I would, you know, just go crazy. I was, I was stride strollers up to my head. And, and uh, so I was ready for something new. So in 2011, I took a break and became an environmental nonprofit founder and worked with organizations like Patagonia. And at the time, it was Healthy Child, Healthy World, an environmental working group, and formed a nonprofit here in Colorado, Environmental Protection Nonprofit Agency. And I did that for a few years. And I could because I had online courses that were on autopilot. And so I had built that business model for that time freedom. And then in 2013, I launched the company that I do most of the activity under now. It's called The Sweet Life Company. And the Sweet Life Company, we have the Sweet Life Entrepreneur Podcast, and um, that's super fun. That was a fun project we launched a couple years ago. I love, I love hosting that show. But the Sweet Life Company 
teaches women very specifically to develop service-based business models around that time, location, and adventure lifestyle. So I was able to, you know, kind of did the baby business thing for a while and then very quickly get back to my area of specialty, my area of expertise, which is that action-adventure lifestyle. And, And now for the last, gosh, six, seven years almost, I've been teaching women how to build companies and develop businesses for those same, if they want that same sort of travel and adventure life that, that I have. I love that. So the baby company is still around. Yes. Baby Planner Inc. Did I get it right? Mm-hmm. You did. Okay. And so if somebody's listening and they want to be a doula, like I know people who've gone through like doula certification, that's somewhere that they could go for that. Correct. So yeah. So um, I actually, the majority of our clients are doulas. I don't teach doulas on the specifics of that. It's strictly business coaching or adding parent coaching type services into that or maternity concierge services into their established doula practice. So um, yes, I I work with, I would say now probably 80% of the businesses that come through are doulas that want to offer online courses or offer in-person courses. So we have like different type of options that we teach doulas how to do that. It's business development. It's just very specific because I just happen to have an expertise in in that niche, which is really rare. Uh, And so it's very similar to, it's the same type of business development I do under the Sweet Life Company, but it's very hyper-focused in specific for maternity professionals. And then my other business, which is the main business, is is Baby Planner. Or excuse me, it's the Sweet Life Company. Right. And then we have the Sweet Life Podcast. We have the Sweet Life Entrepreneur System, which is a five phase system that teaches entrepreneurs how to sort all those ideas they have. Because we women, we have all these ideas. So I teach them how to take their ideas, how to establish an ideal client audience, how to develop their services, launch their online business with sales funnels, content marketing strategies, and become known in their niche. And that is, those are all types of different, you know, industries. So I work with, you know, life coaches, fitness coaches, psychologists, authors, bloggers, just you name it, it, it you know, mindset coaches, it, it's just runs the gamut. It's really fun. Actually, I learned so much about different industries based on the, the clients that, that I get to serve through the Sweet Life Company. Well, perfect. That was my next question is exactly what type of entrepreneurs would be good for that program. So it's really more about the mindset. It's any vertical, but it's wanting to have that travel adventure freedom. Yeah. So I actually, it is about the mindset, but the one thing that's really interesting is that I can't teach mindset. I do try to teach it, but I just think people, you either come to the table, you either want it or you don't. Like I'm a really upfront cut and dry business coach. And so I teach, I'm a business developer. So I teach step-by-step business development strategies and fundamentals, like exactly how to develop your offer, exactly how to price your offer, exactly how to deliver your offer, you know, whether it's a service or an event or an online course or a program, and then exactly how to lay out your website, exactly how to write your copy, exactly how to build your sales funnel, exactly how to, you know, hit those six figures. The difference that makes that special and that I think it's unique is that 
I'm an expert in parent entrepreneurship. So I think that there's so many other factors. You know, when people join online courses, they'll be like, oh yeah, I want to launch a business. The majority, as a matter of fact, I haven't really found any other business development programs that are are really geared towards taking into the components of it's not if your kid's going to throw up on you, it's when. And what do you do when that happens? <laughs> Those things affect our bottom line. And so I think there's this, I gosh, I know I used to have it. Um, and so maybe it's just me, but I think there's this belief that, you know, if my, I can't just wait until my kids are six, I'll be able to build more of my business more. When my kids are eight, I'll be able to spend more time in my company. And I believe there are different kind of stages of parent entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And based on each stage of where you are and how old your kids are, that actually changes your business model, the services and programs you should be offering, and how we I teach my entrepreneurs how to structure their week, when they're going to work, what they work on. And so you know, they have to come to the table with the mindset they're going to do it. I teach them the business development strategies to actually make it happen. Not if, but when family is part of it, because, you know, one of the things we were talking about before you recorded is this kind of work-life balance. I do not believe in work-life balance. I don't really appreciate that term because I don't think it does entrepreneurs a good thing because they think, oh my gosh, I'm always trying to find that balance. So instead I teach entrepreneurs how to build business models that integrate work and life. Because if we're actually talking about balance, if you imagine a scale, if you have work on one side and family on the other, it's always going to show that something's going to drop. And that psychologically, that tells us, oh my gosh, you know, I have to give something up that I have, something has to fail or fall through the cracks, or I have to, you know, let something down in order to elevate something. That's actually not the truth. If we build a, a business model that is designed that it's going to anticipate when things need to happen. Like one of the, one of the things I learned or one of the reasons I learned how to do this early on is because my youngest son was born with really crazy um, special, special medical needs. He had really severe allergies. And so, you know, not only had I launched this entire new industry in this new company with three babies at home, I couldn't leave this baby. Like for years, I couldn't leave him. As a matter of fact, we even held him back his first year of school because I couldn't figure out how to get him in an environment where nobody would touch him so he wouldn't stop breathing. And so I had to figure out how to build a profitable business in 20 hours a week is the most I had while I was taking care of, you know, we were in the hospital on and off. He was always having these allergic reactions all the time. And so I, I just had to learn how to do that. And so I think that's one of the reasons why people come through my business development programs is because those strategies have, in my opinion, if you have those kids, if you have kids, it doesn't matter how old they are, family strategies have to be taken into account. Otherwise uh, the business is not going to be as profitable as it could be. Well, I'm all about redefining balance. So I love the word integration. Like I love hearing the ways that other people are are redefining that work-life balance concept. Now, I I picked up on something you said a while back about your husband. So he was corporate Mm -hmm. and now he's an entrepreneur. Was that your fault? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Did you do that? (laughs) Um, I I mean, I I don't know. He was in corporate restaurants. So he was was the general manager of a cheesecake factory restaurant for years. 
you know, Cheesecake Factory, you know, three hour waits, really high stress. Uh, and he did that. And he was just like, this is, this is, this is not my life. I don't want to be here every weekend. This is not my life. And so, yes, I mean, I, maybe it was somewhat my fault a little bit, but he and I have been very clear. So our, our kids are very independent and individually branded. If that, that sounds kind of weird, but our kids have very strong independent interests and we wanted to invest in their interests. And so that requires traveling with them and that requires giving them an option. And I think this is where it comes in, where me being on my own at 13, mm-hmm. I, I am all about not even, there is no bar. It's not like setting a bar, raising a bar. I have zero limitations on my kids. And so, and I'm encouraging them and teaching them, you know, what's your brand and who you hang out with and what do you represent and what do you want to do and what change do you want to make? And so uh, because we started instilling those beliefs in our kids really young, by the time they were in their like late single digits, they were traveling. They were trying to take off big, crazy, risky things that we wanted to support them to do. And so but we have a shared vision of investing in our kids and teaching them that they can you know, change the world if they want. And I think that that had a lot to do with it um, as well, him leaving as well. So but I will say, well, what I just say is so funny, like being a startup coach, uh-huh. it was a ugly, right? Like I coach other people to start up, right? But when my husband's starting up his own thing and it's our family, it was like a year of... <sighs> you know, like this breathing, like, oh my gosh, this is, this is a little ugly for the first year. I had to find that balance between, okay, you know, this is his company and I'm his business development wife, not his business development coach. Cause he has business partners. So it wasn't pretty, but it's pretty now. So, <laughs> and it's tough. Like, I mean, I think being in a relationship where you've got two entrepreneurial people, it's tough to maintain that boundary. You know, I just said to my husband last night, I don't want to be your boss. And yeah. sometimes that's what I feel like, you know, <laughs> because it's just, you're, you're managing your business, you're managing your household. And even if it's the household stuff, you know, my husband contributes a lot to the household stuff. I feel like I'm being bossy. Like I'm, did this get done? Did this get done? Where are we on this project? And suddenly I, I'm like, oh man. So I, I feel that struggle. <laughs> So I think I really lucked out on that. Like my husband would be the best stay at home dad ever. He does all the cooking. You know, I think now it's a downfall being a man for since I was 13. I have no idea how to cook. I burn water. My husband's from an Italian family that had an Italian restaurant in upstate New York. He's an amazing chef, you know, so he does all the cooking. He is, you know, the one that's like, okay, boys, we have three boys. You know, he's the one like, okay, boys, you know, let's get on your laundry. And this is how you fold it. So he is much more domestically gifted than I am. So it's more him like saying, April, why is I folded your laundry? Why isn't it put away? You know, so I really lucked out in that area. I think from a business sense now, we, he does do a lot of work. I independently own two, both of my companies and he independently owns his company. So we don't have any, you know, role crossover, mm-hmm. but we know what our strengths are. And, you know, I'm that entrepreneur, you know, big picture developer mind, and he is very operational numbers, financial, you know, all these things. So we have now learned to find our strengths and we actually mastermind together every week where we have, where we just have this mastermind just with the two of us that is just about developing each one of our companies and contributing in the areas that that we know we're strong in, but it wasn't overnight. I mean, it took a long time to get there. We actually did a co-interview on the Lifestyle Builders podcast. Yeah. Um, I just, in uh, August. 
I just talked with Tom. Oh, I love so Tom. He's and just Ariana. a couple episodes before you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I love them. And we totally connect with them. And they they're like, how do you guys do this? And what does it look like? And, you know, just like Tom and Ariana have had to find that same balance for the two of them as well. Like Aaron, my husband and I have really had to say, you know, I'm not good at this, but you're good at this and learn and learn to listen. And certainly there's there's always work to go in that area. But we're getting better. And what are your kids doing now? Like, are they all going to be walking a similar path? They're in their own directions, I'm sure. So my 16-year-old is in love with lacrosse. He's a lacrosse goalie, and he has been traveling for the game of lacrosse play since he was nine. And his biggest dream is to play Division I lacrosse. So he actually just committed to play Division I for the University of Delaware. So he is – my husband played Division I lacrosse in college too. So my husband went that traditional route. And um, so he is following in Aaron's footsteps. He'll be playing D1 in Delaware. So that's a very high level level of athletic competition yeah. that I have, I have no clue about, you know, with my little solo surfing or rock climbing, it's totally different than, than what they have to do. But, but he's, he's going into an entrepreneurship program. Okay. So I actually interviewed him on my podcast, the Sweet Life podcast. And it was like the titles, like inside the life of an entrepreneur's kid. And he talks about his vision for entrepreneurship for his life. And he's choosing to go through it in a more traditional route. My second son, so my oldest is Timothy. My second son is Jacob. Jacob is a dancer. And Jacob is a hip hop dancer. He's been dancing, gosh, since he was younger. And he, I'm in LA twice a month with him. So he auditioned and he made this dance company called the I'm a Beast. And it's in Los Angeles and he has to be there twice a month to train. And all he's ever wanted to do was like sign with an agent and all those things. So all those things are happening for him. And so we've been able, like I've been able to build my business model that I can work from anywhere. And I actually get to see clients, coaching clients when I'm in LA. So he is always dancing. He did a video a couple of weeks ago and he knows that he, Jake will probably never go to a traditional four-year college. He does all of my video editing. I mean, he's so into performing arts. He'll move to LA as soon as he possibly can and start choreographing, <laughs> choreographing and dancing. And then Sam, our youngest, he actually, I don't know what he's going to do, but he wants to go into the medical field. I think that's because he's grown up with, uh, with food allergies his whole life. And so as he's kind of getting past that, he wants to help other kids in some capacity, but he says, I don't want to go to medical school. So I'm not really sure what that's going to look like. Um, so say, I would say Sam's in the process of, of finding his dreams. Jake definitely knows his dreams and he is chasing after them like crazy. Um, it's very interesting. Like I just had to do a photo shoot for him and I am not, I mean, let's face it. I'm wearing like flip flops every single day. I am not dance mom material. Let's just say that. <laughs> and so it's a little bit different for me to navigate this whole world of branding him and Instagram management and all this stuff when I am, I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing, but, he, but he's into it. So that's what the three kids are doing. Jake's very entrepreneurial. He's had four different companies. He had like a clothing brand. He had a skateboard repair shop. He has video editing and uh, like he does our video editing and, and he does his own vlogs and he's a sponsored scooter rider. I don't know if your kids do scooters. Scooters like the hottest thing, I guess. He's a sponsored scooter rider too. So he's, he's the most eclectic entrepreneurial of all of them. 
Well, that's awesome. I love hearing about how you're supporting all the different kids. Now, how old is Sam? I know he's the youngest. He's 12. So they're 12, 14, and 16. So interesting. Well, I can't wait. Congratulations on D1 lacrosse. That's amazing. Thanks. We have a vlog that I actually, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but by the time this podcast is out, I I will have released it. I kept a family vlog for 22 weeks this, this in 2018. And it was just totally behind the scenes of owning my two companies, hosting a podcast, and then traveling around to all these lacrosse tournaments in LA and working from lobbies and working from airports. And I hope to be able to give people an unfiltered view of the fact that it's completely possible as long as we model your business the right way. But in that vlog, it's very raw. Like you guys, I cry sometimes when there's an allergic reaction. I, you know, lose my temper. But it's the truth of what it looks like to build a profitable business around an active family. And so so I, I just hope to allow people to see that it's totally messy and that's par for the course. So you're doing great. Don't expect for it to be perfect because here we are. And some people from the outside, they're like, Oh my gosh, the beaches have every, everything together. Well, that's absolutely not the case at all. It's always bumpy. It's always going to be messy. And if you, if you embrace that, then, then it's cool. And so, um, that blog, that vlog will be out for, if anybody wants to take a look at that disaster of a year. (laughs) Well, no, I love that you highlight some of the, the messiness Again, I'm in a different place in my business, but I've been traveling a lot more for speaking solo. So without my kids, which has been, that could be a whole nother podcast episode. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It seemed so glamorous a year ago. Like, oh, I'll be traveling and I'll go to all these conferences and it is exhausting and it is frustrating. And I'm so grateful for every single opportunity, but it is exhausting and frustrating. And so I love the realness because it's going to be worth it, right? Like it's all worth it in the end, but it's not easy. No. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not easy and it is all worth it. And I think one of the things that we as mothers need to realize is that, you know, what we're doing now is worth it on whatever scale your listeners right now are doing that, whatever, whether it's launching their vlog or, you know, just being on Instagram and building relationships with people or building, you know, creating something to sell on Etsy or just even taking the time to listen to this podcast where they're probably like cooking dinner or in the car or in a soccer field or wherever they are. And it's, it's worth it now. And even though these seem like smaller fragments, they are all really important parts of a bigger picture. And every single thing matters as long as they're taking consistent action. So it has to be consistent action. It doesn't have to be because it's not going to be the same amount of action every single day, every single week, because that is not our life. Um, And as long as they realize that and design their business model accordingly. So, you know, I, I talk about business models a lot and sometimes people are like, what's a business model? So if I can just share that, if anybody doesn't know. So a business model is very simply um, how you serve clients and how you make money. And that can be, you know, online courses. It can be one-on-one coaching. It can be high-end services. It can be, you know, teaching classes. It can be launching a vlog. There's all these different business models, but there's of course the huge phase. Everybody's wanting to launch online courses. 
And that's, I mean, that's how I have gained freedom for the last 11 years in a lot of different ways. But in the same sense, there's evergreen courses and live courses. And what does that really look like with your life? You know, just because it's working for somebody else doesn't mean that's going to work for you. And I think as long as people know that as long as they're taking consistent action and being really mindful about how they're modeling and developing their business and being fair to themselves and giving themselves an opportunity to change their mind when they learn something new or when they get to a new phase in, in motherhood and parenthood. Then that then that's success and that adds up and we don't have to wait until the end because the current the now is where I want women realizing I'm awesome now I'm my kids are rad now I'm doing this thing and it might be hard but we're doing it now and look at what my kids are going to learn by seeing me go for it and I think that's the best thing that we can show our kids is just to fight for it even if we have no idea what we're doing they're seeing us do stuff. Right. Oh, I love it. Well, I would love if you would share where our listeners can connect with you, learn more about you, and then we'll link to all of that stuff in the show notes as well. Cool. Yeah. I think the best place for you guys to connect with me is tuning into the Sweet Life Entrepreneur Podcast. You can search it on pretty much everything. <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, everything. Sweet Life is... Like wherever you're listening yeah, to wherever this. you're listening to this. Uh, Sweet Life is one word though. So it's squished together as one word. So the Sweet Life podcast is a great way. And the podcast is strictly for business development trainings for entrepreneurs. They're all really solid, trusted, proven business trainings that I believe that parent entrepreneurs deserve to have without paying thousands of dollars for. And so podcast is kind of my mission. Now, since I don't have an, a nonprofit anymore, it's my, my way of giving first to the entrepreneur community and trying to inspire other families to grow profitable businesses. So the Sweet Life Entrepreneur Podcast or go to sweetlifepodcast.com and there's always like free trainings and downloads and strategy sheets and it's a lot of information. So I think that's probably the best place. All sorts of good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. It was super fun to talk to you and learn all about your life growing up and how that's impacted your life now as a grown up and as a parent and, and how it's impacting your kids. And that's really what we're trying to highlight through the Family Preneur Podcast is that complete journey and how to make everything work together. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. You'll find all of the links mentioned in this week's episode and the show notes at megbrenson.com slash 112. As always, I would love to have you join our discussions within the Familypreneur community. That is a free Facebook group where listeners of this show and other familypreneurs get together to talk about similar topics. So we would love to have you there. Head on over to familypreneurcommunity.com and we'll let you in. I do hope you will join us back here on Friday for some family reflections and then on Monday. So during the month of May, our Marketing Monday segments are focused on the ad level of Facebook ads. So Monday, we are going to talk about captioning your videos, a step that you can't afford to miss. Until then, I hope you have a great day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye. Don't miss my mom's next episode. Bye.